Welcome to the Darknet Summary. In this month's episode, we return to the topic of the ongoing Russian-Ukrainian war. Not to talk about the conflict itself, but rather the impact of international economic sanctions imposed on Russia since they began their full-scale invasion. Sanctions have proven largely successful in denting the Russian economy and impacting its effectiveness in waging war. On the other hand, sanctions evasion has allowed Russian cybercriminals and even regular citizens to bypass these measures by using the dark web and a few tricks. The result is that e-commerce merchants and banks are being fooled into aiding Russian sanctions evasion, something that could lead to them falling under secondary sanctions. Netone's intelligence specialist Mihail Barbash helps explain how Russian sanctions evasion is being committed and how to prevent your business from suffering from both the financial and legal fallout. It has been just over one year since 38 countries imposed economic sanctions against Russia for its actions in Ukraine. Although the sanctions are strict, largely preventing the export of high-value and luxury goods to Russia, we have discussed in a previous episode how cybercriminals and those with even mid-level IT skills have been able to bypass sanctions. The big difference between then and now is that all these tricks and techniques are becoming rather commonplace to the extent that even regular internet users in Russia are learning how to take advantage of the existing means to the effectively evade sanctions. Mihao. Once we hear about sanctions being imposed against a country, most people perhaps naively assume they are impossible to bypass. Just how are Russians evading sanctions? You'd be surprised how easy it has been, and still is, relatively easy to achieve. In mid-2022, to continue buying high-value goods, Russians were using the payment schemes and reshipping services based in friendly countries to Russia, such as Turkey, Kazakhstan, etc. However, once these services caught on to the schemes being used by Russians to evade sanctions, they quickly put a stop to them fearing they would fall victim to secondary sanctions. Now it has become popular for cyber criminals and citizens wishing to purchase goods and services abroad to use prepaid virtual credit cards, which require minimal or no verification. Users simply convert their rubles into cryptocurrencies and then purchase dollars to load onto their new virtual credit card, which can then be used to purchase sanctioned goods abroad. The same virtual credit cards can then be used to pay for mail forwarding services, I mean reshipping schemes, that will send their purchased goods to Russia via friendly countries that are not sanctioned. It's as easy as that. Mihao, can you tell us how often do other countries evade sanctions? And when they do, what is their main purpose? The use of cryptocurrencies to circumvent sanctions or other legal barriers is nothing new. As recently as May 2022, the United States Department of the Treasury sanctioned Blender.io, a virtual currency mixer used by Lazarus Group to launder stolen funds that were destined for North Korea's illegal nuclear weapons program. In August 2022, United States Department of the Treasury also sanctioned Tornado Cash, another virtual currency mixer used by Lazarus Group for the same purpose. Even this year, on January 18, US authorities arrested the co-founder of Bitslato, a cryptocurrency exchange labeled as a primary means of money laundering for Russian criminals. As many electronic goods can no longer legally be shipped to Russia, by using reshipping schemes, any goods, including washing machines, that contain advanced electronics can be used to maintain military hardware. The more bypassing sanctions succeed, the longer conflict can continue. And finally, Mihao, 
Can you tell us how e-commerce merchants and financial institutions can avoid unwittingly facilitating sanctions evasion? The easiest solution is to introduce stricter verification processes for all online services. Firstly, obtaining a virtual credit card with minimal or no verification measures results in potential threat actors and citizens of sanctioned countries essentially evading all rules in place that are intended to prevent such things from happening. Verification alone is not a silver bullet, which is why verification should include stricter anti-money laundering and know-your-customer checks. Even just monitoring transactions and behaviors of every user for red flags can give a good indication of whether or not efforts are being made to potentially evade sanctions. Thank you, Michal. Despite Russia's supposed three-day military operation extending to well over 400 days now, it seems unlikely that the war in Ukraine will end anytime soon. The same applies to economic sanctions, with more Russian entities and individuals being added to the periodically revised lists. For this reason, cybercriminals and Russian citizens will continue trying to find ways to bypass sanctions. And with this, the risk of merchants and financial institutions unintentionally facilitating their efforts also grows. The consequences could be very costly secondary sanctions. The means exist to prevent all of this from happening, but we just have to wait and see how everyone involved reacts. That's the end of the Darknet Summary. Be sure to subscribe to our podcast and tune in next month for the latest episode of the Darknet Summary. Our Neto and Fraud Prevention blog also contains a wealth of expert analysis on the dark web and anti-fraud issues in general, so feel free to check those out. If you wish to contact us regarding anything you've heard in this podcast or have general suggestions for us, we'd be delighted to hear from you. Send us an email to contact at netone.com.